0: I'd like to welcome everybody here tonight. Our friend Arlene is here to do the 10th, 11th, and 12th step tonight. Arlene. Thank you, Betty. My name's still Arlene, and I'm still as thing. <laughs> and as Betty told you tonight, I am going to discuss steps 10, 11, and 12. These steps sort of put the finishing touches on our becoming fit step 10 says continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong promptly admitted it now this step suggests that we are going to continue to take a daily personal inventory we've already cleaned up our past and in order to keep it clean we've got to clean house daily And this is done for the rest of our lives, for so long as we live. It is not an overnight thing. It is not something that you do once and then forget about. And the way that we do this is to reflect each day, uh, on how things have gone. We want to be on the watch. We want to be on the lookout, uh, in particular for, uh, dishonesty for selfishness and resentment and anger and uh, fear. These are the things we want to be watchful of and and be alert of uh, every day. Um, Now, what happens when one of these defects crop up? And I like the way the big big book used the word, when one of these defects crop up because that told me, that was a signal to me right from the very beginning that I wasn't going to get perfect. If I was going to get perfect, they would have said if one of these defects crop up. So by them using the word when, I think that's pretty significant that none of us are going to get perfect. We're always going to have problems with these defects because, you see, they are so much a part of us. They are so much a habit. What will happen uh, each time they do crop up and each time we do handle them is that eventually we will do this same thing less and less than, than we are at the very beginning. Now, what are we supposed to do when one of these defects crop up? Well here again the big book is very explicit and very simple and lists four things for us to do when one of these defects crop up again. And the first thing it lists, is it tells us to ask God at once to remove it. And I like to point out the word at once. This means right then when it becomes evident in our mind that we have been selfish again or that we have been dishonest again. I don't know about the rest of you, but I had a real hard time with that dishonesty when I first came in because I had lied for so long I no longer knew the difference between what was real and what wasn't real. And so when we see this thing crop up again, we, we ask God at once to remove it. Now, the second thing the big book tells us to do is to discuss this immediately with someone else. And notice the word immediately. Now, that means right now, folks. You know, it don't mean, well, I can just wait and put this off until tomorrow or at the end of the week or, or the end of the month or six months from now. It means discuss this with someone right now, immediately. And hopefully that someone would be your sponsor. But if you can't get a hold of your sponsor at that time, then someone else that you trust or can talk to in the program will work until you can get your sponsor and talk to her about it. Uh, the third thing that the big book suggests that we do is to make amends quickly if we have harmed anyone. Now there again is that ugly word, Quickly. Immediately, quickly, at once. You know, they just don't let you rest at all uh, from one thing to the other. And so if we have harmed anyone, we need to quickly make those amends. And remember the last time we, we uh, I was here and we discussed uh, step nine, we found out that making amends did not mean just apologizing. It does not say make an apology quickly it says make amends so in order to make amends we first apologize for what we did to harm the person and then we make it right we do something for that person to make it right and remember if we don't know what to do to make it right we ask them what can I do to make this right what can I do for you to make this right and we do those things immediately upon realizing that this ugly defect has reared its head again, and then it has a fourth thing in there for us to do, and it says to think of someone else that we can help. And you know to me, when I first read this, and when I was first studying the twelve steps, I didn't see the purpose of that fourth thing being in there. I couldn't put it fit it in with with the the rest of the th- the things they had told us to do. Uh, when one of these things cropped up, I couldn't understand why I should look for somebody else that I could help after doing these first three things. And I still am not sure that I know exactly what the, the, the men and women who wrote the big book was thinking when they put this in here, but the way I would look at that today would be that it would be getting me out of myself. And, and, helping someone else, I would be thinking of someone else's problems and trying to help them rather than doing what I might would have done, which would have been to have been filled with self-pity, to have maybe beat myself up because I had made this mistake me, you know, cutest thing, made this mistake again, you know. Rather than allow me to sit and waller in self-pity and to think about what I had done and make it uh, perhaps uh, bigger than it really was, I was to get out of myself and think of another person. And maybe that is why they put that there. I am not really sure, but that's the way I look at it today. And if anyone else has sl- a different slant on that, I'd be interested in hearing it uh, after the meeting. Um, we now have entered a spiritual way of life. We have worked on becoming fit to be of service to our higher power and to our fellow man. Our attitudes have changed by this time. Uh, tolerance and love for others has become our code. We do not any longer fight with anything or anyone. And this includes the alcoholic or the disease of alcoholism. If we maintain this fitness of our spiritual life, we will react in a way that is neither cocky nor fearful. And we will react with tolerance and understanding of of these people who are different from us, who share different beliefs, or who have the disease of alcoholism. Uh, this helps us to be more tolerant, I think, each time that we have to, to, uh, make amends for a mistake we make. It helps us be more tolerant of other people in the program who have been in the program long enough to know better than that. You know? Uh, I have been guilty of saying, my gosh, she's been in Al Anon ten years. Why isn't she doing any better? I know today why she isn't doing any better, and if you say that, I promise you one day you will know why she is doing isn't doing any better and so we we gain this tolerance and we gain this understanding through uh going through those four things I just shared with you every time we make the same mistake over and over or every time we make a mistake again, be it the second time or the tenth time uh after entering uh, this spiritual life and after getting our past cleaned up and, and, and working on uh, keeping our present clean, in other words, keeping our house clean now, uh, our next objective is to grow in understanding and in effectiveness. And we will do that with these last three steps that I am going over tonight. And so now we have changed. We're no longer fighting uh, with anything or anybody, and we're keeping our house clean every day. We uh, think each night. Uh, we reflect. We go over our day, and we think about and we ask ourselves, How did I do today? Uh, is there anything maybe I could have done better? And we think about this daily. We make spot checks at the moment that they happen. But we try to make another one. I do. I try to, to reflect on my day uh, at the end of the day just before retiring. And that takes us into step 11. Um, step 11 says, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. Or uh, is that understand Him? Understand Him. Praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. I hope I said that right. Jean's head's in front of him. <laughs> Understood. Well, I still understand him. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Um, I haven't memorized the twelve steps, as you can see. Um, this, was, this is one of my favorite steps. This one and step three are, are my favorite steps. And this step, uh, I don't know if I told you at the beginning, uh of the uh, when I was, first came out here and started sharing with you on working the the steps. But I believe I told you that I skipped uh from step one to step eleven when I first came in to Al Anon. And so step eleven is kinda of special to me because step eleven told me exactly what to pray for and in the beginning that is exactly what I prayed for and nothing else. I didn't want to talk to God, uh I didn't even want to think about him. And, uh, so I just very quickly said, uh, uh, let me know what you want me to do for you can give me power carried out. And that was it. You know, and I, I rushed through it because I was afraid he might talk back or ask me something. And I might have to interact with him. And I wanted to do that and get it over with because one of my sponsors told me to do it and I didn't know what she'd do to me if I didn't do it. So I did it. And, uh, today that, that step is, is, to me it's just beautiful. I love it early in the program when when uh I was using the uh AA big book they used the meditation differently than I use it today but I used it the same way they used it they used it in the big book when I first started so I want to share that with you first uh on the meditation and then I will share with you how I use the prayer and meditation today uh in the in the big book, it said uh, their meditation. And and by the way, if you're scared of the word meditation, use any word you want to in there. Oh, uh, when I first came in, I didn't know how to meditate. I thought I didn't know how to meditate. Uh, meditation is simply uh, concentration or uh, reflection, uh, thinking on, on one subject or or uh, an object if you like or or what have you. Uh, it's nothing to be scared of, and it's not hard to do, and it's not difficult to do. Um, I liked what Merp says. She says, if you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. It's it's two and it's practically the same thing, and that makes it real simple for people that don't understand what meditation is. Meditation to me is reflection. It's concentration. It's uh, thinking only on one subject. Um, but in the beginning, I did it the same way it does in the big book, and my meditation was reflection on the 24 hours that had just ended, and upon awakening the next morning, it was reflection on the 24 hours ahead of me. Now, the 24 hours that just ended, upon retiring for bed, uh, as I told you before in the in the 10th step, uh, you lay there and you reflect on your day, and you ask yourself questions. Was I angry today? Was I selfish today? Did I think more about Arlene uh, than anybody else today? Uh, was there something I could have done better? Or was there something I should have done that I didn't do? And and you, you reflect on these things uh, before you sleep. And anything that comes up uh, to you that you feel badly about or that you feel could have been better, you ask God to forgive you. Of those things and then you ask him what course of action you need to take uh, on anything else that you that, that you've reflected on that uh, you're not sh- really sure about and then you go to sleep now when you awake in the morning uh, you reflect again on the 24 hours ahead of you now before you begin to even think on these 24 hours ahead of you you ask God, that he would direct your thoughts and most importantly you ask him to divorce those thoughts from selfishness or dishonesty and then you think you reflect on the day ahead of you now you know almost know uh, what you've got to do that day now if there is anything that you've got to do that day that you do not know uh, for sure how to handle then you ask God to give you insight on how to handle this situation today. Uh, maybe, a, an insight onto the action you should take, or an insight on what you should say, or how you should act, or what have you. And then you don't worry. You don't struggle with it. You, you let it go. You relax and you let it go. Um, you, uh, after this reflection and this meditation on, your, on the 24 hours ahead of you, you usually end this meditation with a prayer that God will direct every step you should take for the rest of the day and that he would give you anything you needed to handle any problems that arose. And this is the way you pray and meditate in the big book. Now that is the way I did it for quite some while. Uh, the big book also suggests that uh, you might get books, spiritual books to read, uh, to uh, help you along the lines to know how to pray. Uh, it also suggests that you might memorize a prayer or two that covers all of the principles that we have discussed. And use those two prayers at the end of your meditation. Now, this is primarily what I have done, uh, in the last, I'd say, last seven or eight years. Uh, I do things, my meditation is just a little bit differently today. There's more to it today than, than it was then. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, you of course have to Schedule your meditation and your prayer, your quiet time. I'll just call it your quiet time, your time with God. You have to schedule that to where it fits into your daily routine. Now, everybody's daily routine is a little different. I would caution you, though, that you do not uh, take this lightly. It is easy to fall down on your spiritual growth. It is easy to rest on your laurels from time to time and say, oh well, I'll just, I don't have time to fool with that today. I'll get back with it tomorrow. But I caution you on doing this. This is very dangerous because you see, we are not cured. I like the way the big book puts it. We have a daily reprieve and that is all. And if we tell God in essence, I don't have time for you today, Our day is going to be messed up. If we give him our first 15 minutes, he will give us the rest of the day. I firmly believe that. Also, we are human beings. And if we put God off, if we put this step, this part of of the step off where we do not take time for this quiet time with him, those old ugly defects are going to rear their head again. It don't take us long to get sick all over again. There has been a time in my uh, Al-Anon journey that I have uh, at times been slack going to meetings. I haven't been to my own group now in about four weeks. Uh, I've been going other places, this being one of them. But when that happens, I've noticed it takes me about a week, maybe a week. And I am that ugly, hateful, tired, worn-out thing what I was when I got here. And I have discussed this with other people, and they tell me the same thing. It's a lot like when we get out of the habit of going to church or when we get out of the habit of doing anything that is a habit. It's easier and easier and easier and easier to keep missing. When we get out of the habit of doing step 11, it's going to be easier and easier and easier to just let it go and not do it anymore at all. So I caution you against that for your own sake. Uh, When I worked, I got up an hour earlier than I had to in order to do my prayer and my meditation. And I don't tell you this to brag. I tell you this because no pigeon of mine ever gets away with saying I didn't have time to do it. I don't swallow that. I don't accept it. And I do not allow them to con me that way. You have time to do what you really want to do. It all depends on what your priorities are. We always do what we want to do. If we want to do it bad enough, we make time to do it. And so don't ever tell me that you don't have time to do it, because by golly, you can get up earlier in order to do it. And I know that because I've done it myself. Now... I no longer work. I uh, I am a little lazier than I used to be. And so today, I I don't do my meditation and my prayer, my quiet time, very first thing in the morning is what I'm getting around to saying, like I used to. Uh, I do do one thing, and that is, through the week when I have to get up by an alarm clock to get my daughter off to school, I do take care of turning my will and my life very quickly over to the care of God to protect me that hour that I haven't turned my day over to Him. Because I believe it's important to turn that day over to Him in the beginning of the day and not wait until the day's over and say, Well, by the way, God, you can have my day today, you know. So I believe it's important to do this first thing in the morning. And since I no longer work and I don't have to get up to do my meditation and my prayer early, I only take care of that one thing while I'm running to turn the alarm clock off, and and I very quickly say, God, thy will be done today in all things. And I turn that alarm clock off, and then I take God through the house with me. I don't leave him in the bedroom. I think I've told you that before. He goes everywhere I go with me. on the weekends, when I do not have to get up by an alarm clock, I do it the same way I used to. I get up and do that and, you know, say, God, I will be done in all things today. run and put my coffee on, then I go back to the bedroom and have my quiet time, my meditation, uh, before my day begins. But through the week when I have to get this child off to school, I put that meditation and that prayer off until I have gotten her off to school. And then I go into my room and have my quiet time with God. And my quiet time today is quite a bit different, as I as I told you before. Um, I start mine with my reading. And I read my ODAT book. And I have just purchased the Alatine One Day at a Time book, which I hear is very good, and I intend to incorporate that also into my reading. And I read two other spiritual readings, which I will not mention uh, the names of, because they are not Al-Anon literature, but they are spiritual daily readings. And I read two two other ones, along with my ODAT and uh, the Alateen, uh, uh, one day at a time. And I go out of that reading, which has put me in the right frame of mind, into my prayers. And now I start my prayers with the third step prayer. I still use that prayer today. I have never quit using that prayer. And I start my prayers with that third step prayer, and I go from the third step prayer into what I call my gratitude prayers. And those prayers cover all of the things that I can think of that day to be grateful for. Uh, and I never, pl- I never pray in the singular. I always pray in the plural. I never ask anything for myself that I don't want for every human being on earth. And uh just to give you an example, one of the things I always pray for is uh, that I always am grateful for and I thank God for is health, happiness, prosperity, wisdom, guidance, and the living action of the Holy Spirit upon all of us. And when I say all of us, I am envisioning the entire world. Anything that I thank God for, peace, uh, world peace, I envision for the entire world. Just recently, the last two or three weeks, I have thanked God for uh, divine intelligence and love throughout the universe and, and throughout our leaders and the leaders of the world. In other words, I am grateful to God for these things, before I even see them in evidence. This is a prayer of gratitude. Uh, I pray for many things. I am grateful for many things. Those are, are just uh, a couple of them that I will share with you tonight. Uh, I go out of that prayer into my favorite prayer of all, and that is the Lord's Prayer. I use the Lord's Prayer daily. I, had dis- I discovered approximately seven or eight years ago the power of that prayer in your life, I discovered that it is meant to be used by a single person. I had always thought it was only something you used uh, at the Super Bowl or at high school or where there was a group of people, but uh, I have since found out that it is a very powerful prayer when it is prayed with understanding and with thought. And this is today still my very very favorite prayer. And that's another whole hour all by itself. So I'm not going to say any more about the Lord's Prayer. But I end my gratitude prayers with the Lord's Prayer. And I go directly from that to reflection on my 24 hours ahead of me. And I very briefly ask for help uh, and insight on how to handle... Situations that I know I'm going to have to handle. And then I ask for guidance for every step that should be taken that day. And that I might have everything I would need to handle any problems that arise. And then I go from that into quiet time where I do not pray. I do not do anything in particular. I just remain there quiet and, and listen uh, for insight and for inspiration And then I thank God for sharing this time with me, and I get up and go about my day. Now, I can guarantee you that with prayer and meditation like that every morning, I have no fears. I absolutely have no fears as I go through the day. When you do this every day, and I've been doing it now every day, that particular uh regimen i have been doing every day for gosh i don't know how many years uh you do have a god conscience god is with you always and you know it you feel his presence you're never alone um your day goes so much easier uh you have more energy uh you get things done more efficiently I don't. You just. You just feel fantastic, and uh, people around you will say you're a Pollyanna. But don't let that bother you. They're worried. You're not. They're unhappy. You're not. They're miserable, and they can't stand you because you're happy. So don't worry about these people that say, "Oh, you're not. Uh, you're not looking at reality." What is reality? Nothing uh terrible or horrible has befallen me. So, what is reality? You know, the only reality I need to know is that I'm never alone again. I never have to be alone again. I never have to go through anything alone. If I do, it was because my ego was there again and it was stronger than anything else again, and I allowed myself to go through the.